something Gary said to me when I was coaching Gary that it, it really changed my life. Basically, I got to a point where, you know, I had I had 70 or 80 one-on-one clients. I had my inner circle. I had, I was coaching Gary. I was traveling. Like I was so busy and things started to slip through the cracks. Like I couldn't do everything. And, and Gary said something to the effect of, he's like, someone else's B is better than your F. And, and that really hit home with me. I was like, no one is going to do anything that I do as good as I will. Like, no one's going to be better at answering customer service emails. No one's going to be better at answering fitness questions. No one's going to be better at making content. No one's going to be better at coaching in my business. Like, I'm going to be the best at it. But if I start taking two weeks to reply to emails, then I'm going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. When And like, even though I could have written a better email, if my assistant can answer that email within 24 hours, it's like, that's way better. And her B is better than my F. And um, and that that really, really, really hit home with me. That is Jordan Sire, an absolute top bloke. You legends are listening to the Epic Table Podcast. G'day team. It is good to be back in NYC after spending a beautiful and magical time in Australia for a bit over two weeks. Um, you know, being back on the weekend, getting some downtime in, it was really cool to actually sit down and read some of the awesome reviews you have left for the team and I. So thank you for the support of this show um, via the, you know, leaving the stars or just writing something. I've been loving all the comments. That's actually really cool. So if you haven't already and you uh, want to support this show, best thing you can do is just leave a review, uh, whether it be a five-star one or simply just writing something that's super lovely. Um, thank you very much. As I said, on behalf of the team, thank you very much. Legends, this week's show, ooh, well, how do I put this one? Oh, I'm gonna say two, about two months ago, we released a couple episodes around personal branding and you guys responded with excitement. You loved it. I have a bunch of uh, you know, fitness professionals, people in the online wellness space listening to the show, even just legends who are trying to improve their own personal performance. That's what the show's about. So I'm really excited by it. Obviously, we get experts from around the world to help you guys improve your human performance. And along with that, it includes bettering yourself, whether it be in the professional space or taking the professional space that can help you in your personal life. So what I'm excited by today is the discussion I have with Jordan Syatt, who happens to be Gary Vee's personal strength and nutrition coach. He's all around building the personal brand, particularly in the online space. So if you are in the fitness industry or the online or the wellness space specifically, and you're looking to grow your or someone else's personal brand or brand as a whole, this podcast episode is definitely for you. If you're not in the fitness space and maybe you have an online brand that you're looking to grow, this is a podcast for you. And if you're not in the fitness space and you're not in the online space, but you're looking to grow in some facet of your life, you will be inspired by this podcast. So this is also for you. Yes, if you're listening to this, it is 100% for you because there's some key takeaways. Jordan is an absolute legend and he's just built so much knowledge in the space. Obviously, being surrounded by the likes of Gary Vee and, you know, just through what he does, through his YouTube channel, through his online presence, through his coaching, he's built a tremendous platform. So what do we talk about today? I think, firstly, his story is pretty cool because you learn how he started a business without realizing he was starting a business. 
there's going to be that moment where you can all relate to going, oh my God, I can't believe that's me. I did that as well. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that. We definitely talk about social media and how it plays an important role in growing a business. But I want to make it clear, we talk more about like ad spend and affiliate marketing. Are they things we should be looking at when growing a business? The best takeaway I probably would say, or at least one of, is our discussion around SEO, particularly with articles or videos online. And I love this because it's something the team and I are just really dedicating ourselves to with our own, um, you know, our own original content. So I'm really excited for you guys to learn more about that. The importance of SEO, I cannot tell you how important that is even for my personal life. Like for my upbringing professionally, the reason why I was able to get some of the success I have today was just being consistent with my personal brand. So a lot of that was due to SEO, more on that later. One of the biggest topics, whether you're in a professional space or not in the fitness industry, I find that one of the biggest questions I get is how do I know when to bring a team or a member onto your brand? And so what we discuss this quite heavily is how important it is to grow and invest or reinvest back into you and your brand. And that is probably with the just legends around you, passionate people. Can I tell you the Epic Table is all that. They're all legends. They're all absolutely passionate about what we're trying to grow here. And the, the, the remark I will lead you with for this one and what we discuss is someone else's B is better than your F. So just remember that perfection is something you should strive for, but just remember sometimes you having the minimal time can actually be worse. I'll say that for sure. And I would definitely recommend some of the books that uh, we discussed, particularly boring letters in understanding copy or writing. It was, I cannot tell you the takeaways in that building a business and online. Even, even if it's not business related, as I said, like if you're understanding how to maybe have a conversation with someone, or um, you know you're growing in your own fast or something, whatever it is, this stuff specifically can be so helpful for you. And even like how to write an email to someone, I, I just cannot. I know this is just something completely left field, particularly what we talk about, but I found it so important as we discussed personal branding a couple months ago, and I think you guys are gonna get such a big kick out of it. So after this episode, make sure you go follow up on what Jordan's doing. He's an absolute legend. He's got an absolute rocket ship of a business online. So you can have a look at his website and have a look at it. Uh, but I'm excited for you guys to give me your feedback on today's episode. So make sure you share where on your Instagram, wherever you uh, like to share if you so wish to to all your friends and community members if you think they can love this episode and I will say traveling around the country for a couple of weeks uh, gave me a lot of perspective on certain things so this podcast episode was perfect particularly listening back to um, to, to kind of reflect on you with my own team and helping you guys as well the resources we can provide so as I was traveling around for about two and a half weeks around Australia Obviously, it's a bit stop-start. You never really set in stone for a couple of days. I did obviously have access to amazing fruits and vegetables. Um, but one thing I did notice is I still really want to make sure I was getting my nutritional insurance. And so I did that with AG1. So I am able to travel just with that travel pack sachet and still make sure I'm getting 75 vitamins and minerals through root vegetables, vegetables, and fruits. And all I do is just shake packet into some cold water give it a shake and down the hatch it is so simple so if you're someone who's even not traveling and you're going to your cabinet and you're opening up about you know six to ten different supplements just to start your day just throw them out 
and take this one sachet because I have everything, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, all of it. And you don't even have to open up more than one bottle. It's pretty awesome. So if you want to join the growing awesome legends of the Athletic Greens community, head to athleticgreens.com forward slash epic and I'll get you one full year supply for free of the D3 plus K2 droplet. It's pretty awesome. So you add that in as well, just in case you're not getting enough D3 in your day plus the K2, they work hand in hand. And on that, I'm gonna throw in five free travel packs. So you get all those multivitamins you talk about, the prebiotics, the probiotics, the digestive enzymes, and the D3 K2 plus the five free travel packs along with the subscription. It's a pretty big win. Just go to athleticgreens.com forward slash epic. All right, team, it's time to welcome in the man, the legend, the top bloke, Jordan Syatt. Jordan Syatt, my legend, owner of Syatt Fitness, all around just epic dude. Mate, welcome to the Epic Table Podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Dude, it's, uh, I, I just love having conversations with people like yourself who I just, I, I've obviously grown up in a similar industry to you, but uh, at the same time, I've done so many different things that I've never been able to do. And it's inspiring, but also it's a great learning experience for a lot of listeners, myself. Um, and I, I think what's what I really love about your platform, dude, and this is something that I think people are going to be really interested in, is you are someone who has not just become this amazing fitness guru, but you've also built out this amazing e-commerce so uh, in a personal brand and i think in this day and age we're seeing more and more trainers or people who are you know becoming self-employed with personal brands understanding how they can create a living off that you're like an example of that i'm, I'm assuming the likes of you know people being around you like gary v have definitely helped understand that or is this something that you yourself were just like no nah, i'm on this path i may speak to a couple of people but i feel I feel I know and, and how, how, like, how did that all come about, bro? Because you've got an amazing YouTube following. You've got this, but honestly, your framework for your website is incredible. <laughs> <It's textbook. laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I started my business in 2011. So July of 2011 is when I started my website and, you know, it was a very different design to the website than I have today. But, um, I think it's really important that that people know when I first started my business, I had no idea that I was starting a business. And and the thing, what I mean by that is in 2011, like online coaching wasn't a thing. Like online, like Instagram didn't exist yet. Online, no one was really doing online coaching. Um, so when I first started my website, my only, the goal was just to, it was just to help people. I just wanted to make good content. And I, I thought, I would open up a gym one day and I'd have just a gym and, and that would be it. And like, I just thought the website would be cool so that I could help people. Um, and I wrote articles on my website for like two years, like one article a week, every single week for two years straight, but without doing any coaching, without, or without doing any online coaching, without charging anybody. And then what happened was one day I was in college at the time, I got an email from this woman in Brazil like two years after I started my website. And up to that point, I was, I, for the first year, I was only getting like 20 website views a day. And like 18 of those were my mom. <laughs> and and then so I, like about two years go by, I'm building up a little bit of an audience. And by that, I mean, I went from like 20 views a day to like, I don't know, maybe 150 to 200 views a day on a good day. 
And a woman from Brazil emailed me and she, she asked, how much do you charge for online coaching? And I was in college, I was in my dorm room. And I was like, holy shit, like, can't believe someone asked how much. Like, I, so I said, I don't know, $300. And she was like, cool, how much do I, how, how do I pay you? And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God. Uh, so I, I Googled, I was like, how do you make online payments? And I found this thing called paypal.com. And, uh, and I got an account and I sent her the link to pay 300 bucks. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no way this random person from Brazil is going to send me $300 through the internet to write her workout program. <laughs> and, but she did. She said, and I, I got 300 bucks in my account and I freaked out. And, uh, and I spent the next like 72 hours trying to design the perfect program, just having like the most amazing program ever. And I thought that once I sent it to her, she was going to ask for a refund because like, I was just like, I can't believe she paid 300 bucks for this. Um, and that was it. That was the start of it. And she was a great client. And, and from then on, I was like, wow, like maybe I could do this with other people. So I kept making more content, more articles on my website, built an email list. And when Instagram came out, started posting there and posting on YouTube and it took many, many years, but after about like five years or so, I, I had enough of an online business that I could just work for myself. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Man, that is so cool on so many levels. Why? Because you just did something without knowing about it and figured it out, which is exactly why it should be in my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. often, so often people are like, okay, so how do I do this? How do I start that? And honestly, like... <clears throat> I will tell people what I've done. So my, the way that I'm sure you're the same, that the answer is so specific to the individual. So it's like, I'm just going to tell you what I've done and it may not be the right thing that applies to you, but this is what helped me. So for you, but and along in the same way, everyone's the same where we just, we kind of fall into it sometimes by doing. So not like trying to be perfect, you know, you, <clears throat> to a degree, you're like, I don't, like when the opportunity arose for you and you're like, okay, well, uh, okay, 300 bucks, but then you hadn't even thought about that yet. Like you were just doing it and just so happened. And as a result, it clicked that you could start building more after learning more. And I think that's really, really cool, man. Like, I, I really speaking to a lot of people today about it. Like, how do I work for myself? I'm like, well, just start. <laughs> yeah. And I, the reason I like that story is because especially nowadays, with Instagram and TikTok, people people expect like, all right, they, they know they can make money online from the very beginning. Before they even start, they know they can. They know it's possible. So from their very first Instagram post, their very first TikTok, their very first podcast, whatever it is, they immediately expect to be making money on the back end. And the reason they're doing it is to make money. And there's nothing wrong with making money. Making money is great for you. It can help a lot of people. It can employ people. It can support people for, in many ways. So making money isn't bad. And I think there's a huge movement anti-money, which I think is ridiculous. But what's important to remember here is that if you're starting with the sole intent of making money, oftentimes your expectation of how quickly you're going to make money is radically inaccurate. And, and that's why I really say like it took me two years of making content every single day, two years straight without making any money before I actually started making money. And it doesn't have to take that long. I think if I had had more foresight and more initiative, I could have started making money earlier. But when, when you think like, all right, well, I've made seven Instagram posts and I still don't have any clients. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's you made seven Instagram posts, three of which sucked by the way, like they were awful and you thought they were good, but it's going to take time. It takes a long time before you actually can really build up a business. And I think in this world of instant gratification and, and seeing people succeed or, or 
what we perceive to be success or maybe what they they put out to the public when it's not really that accurate when we see that we assume we should be succeeding immediately when the reality is it still takes years yeah without a doubt man i feel today even the success you've had you would still have that ingrained in you it's like hey how do i continue doing this or are you settled are you uh, in a position like i'm pretty good you know it's actually that's actually the reason or one of the reasons why my wife and i moved out of new york city is because you know I lived in New York for, for five years and I loved it. And I think living in New York actually helped, it helped accelerate my business because there's something about living in the city that just, you wake up, you want to work all day. It's just like you grind, you grind, you grind. There's that feeling in the city that it promotes that. And there, it's very, it's this in, intangible thing that just whatever you're doing, you want to grind all day in New York. And I did that for five years and I grew my business dramatically. And I realized, you know, my wife is pregnant and we want to build a family and I don't want my life to revolve around work anymore. So one of the reasons we moved to Texas was so that we could relax and I could work less and I could be spend more time with my wife and, and, and build a family together. So I still work very hard, but I want to work less and I, I still want to build my business, but I'm not trying to build a massive empire. I don't want to have a hundred employees. I don't want to be like, I, I don't care about flying in private jets. Like I actually, I hate flying private. It's actually the turbulence is way worse and the Wi-Fi sucks than a regular plane. Like I just, I want to be comfortable. I want to be happy. And I, I'm not focused on building the biggest business. I just want to build a business that supports me, supports the handful of employees I have and, and helps people. That's it. Oh man, that's uh, it's that's a goal set, man. That's awesome, and the fact that you know that, and it's totally correct about this city it can ca- definitely encapsulate you. It charges you. We talk about this New York energy that you you kind of it almost like doesn't you have a plan, but also like your plan continues to change as new opportunities come to your lap because you are in New York City. So I think we can one hundred percent all relate to that. And you know, after being in Texas. Uh, three times this year alone, let alone the last few years, I've been able to get there. It's definitely that relaxed state of life. And, um, you know, Austin is even faster paced than most of Texas. And I still feel as chilled. Do you go to Austin <laughs> ever and be like, oh, this is too fast? Yeah, it's funny. I went to Austin a few months ago and uh, it, it was much more fast paced than Dallas. Cool. And, I, and I, it's, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I've lived in New York, I've lived in Tel Aviv, I've lived in Boston, I've lived in fast paced cities. So Austin doesn't feel fast paced to me, but relative to Dallas, it's definitely it's more fast paced for sure. Yeah, 100%. We also kind of look the fact that mums are epic. And the fact that your mum was taking up 99% of the traffic <laughs> the site is so common to every single person listening to this podcast, particularly in the space of personal brands and online coaching, online platforms. Got to love our mums. You know, uh, mum's just just a quiet one. She's changed her handle from Instagram a couple of different times thinking I wouldn't know it was her. Um, however, she's changed her Instagram handle to things that I I know it would only be her, but she doesn't know that. So it's, uh, it's really quite, <laughs> quite adorable. Um, I love that. Dude, That's amazing. Talk to me about once you kind of um like the whole fitness side of your business is amazing like you've really dialed in seo and everything but i I, i'm curious when you were writing your your articles did you know about seo then or you're just writing and like this just happens to be fun like i'm getting a few views per day which is pretty cool but like did you did you really love it like in the sense knowing that seo is a part of potential so 
It's a great question. No one's asked me that before. Um, and I do a lot of podcasts. So um, when I first started writing, I had no idea what SEO was. I had no clue. Um, I started learning about SEO in probably 2014. And so I wrote a handful of articles, probably from 2014 to 2016, I wrote a lot of articles deliberately with the purpose of SEO. And those articles are still some of the biggest promoters of my brand. Even like, even though I have, you know, big Instagram, big podcast, big TikTok, big YouTube, all that stuff, people still find my website every day on page one of Google for a handful of articles I wrote in 2014 and 15 from SEO. there were a couple of articles I, I wrote before I knew about SEO that actually do very well for me that I, I it was just dumb luck and just, you know, more shots on net you take, the, the better chance you have of scoring. So um, there are a couple of articles that I wrote over those years that do very well. But once I learned about SEO, it really, really took off. And I was lucky because when I started going hard on YouTube, by that time, I knew about SEO, and I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I'm pretty good at SEO, especially for YouTube. And so my YouTube channel exploded because of that. So that that's really what helped my YouTube a lot, and it definitely helped my website. And so when you say you were you know conscious of it in 2014, were you doing like courses? Were you learning, or were you just kind of like testing and? and I'm, I'm interested in the nitty gritty here because it just, it, it isn't like, as you said before, like you, you'll have articles you don't realize you posted three years ago that all of a sudden a, a phenomenon happens in the world where it just so happens that the tip, the, the, the words that you chose just so happen to be the most searched words. And then all of a sudden you start shooting up and then you get traffic and then all of a sudden you can retarget whatnot. But I'm just interested. It's like, did you, yeah, like how much coursework did you do for that? Did you just kind of work it out yourself? Were you using a platform to help understand your SEO? Were you using one of those widgets for, or plugins for um, Word, WordPress, for example? Yeah, so all really good questions. And it was sort of, you know, I was very lucky. I I was, um, I had a client. and So I had at that point in about 2014, my one-on-one coaching was doing very well. Um, I had, I don't know, about 70 or 80 one-on-one clients. So I was working a lot. And one of my clients emailed me and she said, I love all of your stuff. Like, you know, we've been working together for a while. She was like, do you know anything about SEO? And I was like, I have no idea what SEO is. And she sent me this article about, it's a free article. It wasn't a course. She was like, I think your website could benefit from this. And so I, I got that stuff all the time. And the majority of it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I sort of brushed it off and, you know, I was a young punk and I just, I knew everything, but for whatever reason, I read this whole article and it made a lot of sense. And so I wrote an an article with that in mind, what I learned from that one article and it took off and it did super well. And I was like, holy shit. So then I just started digging down the rabbit hole of what is SEO and how to do it. I found the Yoast SEO plugin for my website. I used that. And once I started doing that, things really started to take off. Uh, and it was just because my client emailed me an article and, and I didn't buy any SEO courses. I just, I learned everything off Google for free. And then I, I found the Yoast SEO plugin and they have a similar thing for YouTube. They have something called TubeBuddy uh, that I use for YouTube that is just, it basically functions the, in the exact same way that the Yoast SEO plugin does for WordPress and, and it works wonders. Yeah, man. And, and at this point in 2014, had you, had you built up a little team yet? Were you on, still on your own? Do you have like 10 people? Where were you at with it? 
No, I had no one. It was just me. I was doing all the, I mean, I never let anybody coach except for me, but I was doing all my emails, all my coaching, all my website articles. Like I was doing everything. Um, and I didn't hire my, I didn't make my first hire until 2016 when I hired an assistant. And even then it was funny. She, she's amazing, but I had real trust issues in terms of delegating stuff. So for the first like six months we worked together, like she didn't have any responsibilities until she was like, I, you need to trust me more to handle your email, to handle your schedule, all of that. So I didn't hire someone until 2016. And that was, you know, it, it, it should have been earlier. Dude, I, I'm so, I'm so excited to kind of dive deep into this part because the, it's one thing to bring on a team member for a company you're working for. It's another one to bring someone on for your business that's around your personal brand. That's and then, right. And then to actually trust them to to do it the way that you want. And I think the biggest, con, the, the most common thing we find is they're never going to do it the same way that you do it, but they could do it better without you realizing. You just got to let them do it sometimes. You know what I mean? It's so annoying. It's so yeah. <laughs> something, something Gary said to me when I was coaching Gary that it, it really changed my life. Basically, I got to a point where you know, I had, I had 70 or 80 one-on-one clients. I had my inner circle. I had, I was coaching Gary. I was traveling. Like I was so busy and things started to slip through the cracks. Like I couldn't do everything. Mm. And, and Gary said something to the effect of, he's like, someone else's B is better than your F. And, and that really hit home with me. I was like, no one is going to do anything that I do as good as I will. Like no one's going to be better at answering customer service emails. No one's going to be an- better at answering fitness questions. No one's going to be better at making content. No one's going to be better at coaching in my business. Like I'm going to be the best at it. But if I start taking two weeks to reply to emails, then I'm going to miss out on a lot of opportunities when, and like, even though I could have written a better email, if my assistant can answer that email within 24 hours, it's like, that's way better. And her B is better than my F. And, um, and that, that really, really, really hit home with me. And there was stuff to work on, right? Like you have to train people. And so my assistant, her name is Kat. She's incredible. Um, she, she used to be a client of mine, which is like sort of how we got connected, which was perfect because she knew my system. She knew my methods and she really believed in what I did. Um, the issue at the beginning was she was very defensive of me. So if you own a business, you know, you're going to get some angry emails from people for any number of stupid reasons. They're just going to be mean or whatever it is. And she would snap back or she'd be a little bit rude back to them, which like it, she would do it because she was trying to defend me. And I had to, we had to have conversations where I'd be looking over emails sent and, and I'd be like, oh my God, like, I'd be like, Kat, you, I know they were being a dick, but you can't say, you can't speak like that back to them. I know you're trying to defend me and I appreciate it, but we've always got to, you know, be polite and and kind. And so there were some things we had to adjust, but um, it's definitely played out that it's better to have someone else do something than you not do it at all. Dude, huge. Everyone listen in. It is, I love that. Trust Gary to have those quick one-liners, isn't he? I bet you he's used that a thousand times. But anyway, uh, 100%, man. You can't do everything yourself. And the moment, I'm sure you, like, what was the moment like when you realized that work was getting done without you realizing for your benefit? What was that like? What work was getting done without me realizing? Uh, yeah, so like someone, so your, your team member was getting work done without you having to do anything. Isn't that like the most fulfilling, completing 
um, part about your business. Like you're off to the side doing something all of a sudden. Like for example, just having to me last week in Texas. I was, I'm on a, I'm on a 242 mile, I'm crewing a, a guy named Robbie Ballinger who's, who's crewing, who's running 242 miles to try and outlast the Tesla. I'm away from my emails and anything other than just focusing on feeding Robbie and running with him for you know three days with the rest of the team. And so during that time, there's a lot of other things going on for upcoming projects. And I check my emails in the night. There's nothing for me to action, but there's a lot of email threads. And so it's just such a fulfilling feeling when you finally get to that position going, things are, things are going on for you without you actually having to do anything. So I'm curious to that light bulb moment once you kind of entrusted someone to allow to, you know, work at a B and not, you know, executing for you and F what that moment was like for you and did it spur you on to do other things, uh, bring on more people as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good question. It's funny you bring up the email. Cause that was the first thing that I, I let my assistant do early on. I was like, first she wasn't doing anything then. I, Cause I didn't want her to answer my client emails. The only person who should answer my client emails was me. But the first thing I had her do, I was like, you know what? You can just go in and like, just clear out like the spam. Cause you get spam emails all the time. I was like, just go in, don't respond or mark read any client emails. If anyone has any fitness questions, I don't want you to answer yet, but if there's any spam, just go in and clean it up. And I used to get like super stressed out opening my email and seeing like 500 emails in my inbox. And I remember starting to open it and just seeing like half of that or way fewer, which is, is still a lot. But I, I remember just being like, man, it's so nice. This is more organized. Like I didn't have to do, I didn't have to spend 20 minutes clearing all the spam out or, or any of that stuff. This is just done. And so then I was like, oh, but this is nice. So I gave her, I was like, you know what? you can answer any questions from people who are not paying clients because people email all the time, like asking questions. I was like, if they're a paying client, then, then that's me. But if, if you get a question from uh, just a random person asking a question, you can answer it. And all of a sudden the amount of my inbox dropped by like, like, I don't know, like more than half, like significantly more than half. My inbox was way cleaner. It was more organized. These questions were getting answered and and it was great. And I remember just being like, this feels so much better. The anxiety I had around my email was way less and I could get more work done or I could just sleep in a little bit. I could get some extra sleep. I could spend more time with my wife rather than answering all these extra emails. So it opened up a lot of opportunity, not just to work more, but also to have a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Huge, bro. Absolutely. And I'm uh, really interested in this next part around like once you got to position of bringing your team members on and you did, did, like what was your first new creative thought process? Like, is that when you started doing even more YouTube videos as your eyes opened up? Because I've got a second question to that, but effectively did you just kind of alluded to it earlier, but by having your time free or your, maybe your creative mind was a lot open to actioning some things you didn't even realize you wanted to do, but were there as well. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get an assistant first was because because there was essentially there were two options that I was aware of at the time. Um, one option was to hire another coach and sort of give them clients and have them be a coach underneath me. And the other option was to hire an assistant. Those are the two major routes that fitness professionals tend to go. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of issues with the hiring coaches underneath you. Uh, there are many potential issues with that. But usually, you know, a lot of these coaches, they want to build their own business and they end up starting have a great a great relationship but then they end up taking a lot of your clients and they go off and branch on their own and then you're back where you started um so i ended up going the other route which i'm very happy that i did where i just hired an assistant to help me free up my time and so i don't have to hire another coach 
Um, and so what that let me do was it let me make more content. The reason I wanted to hire an assistant was because I was spending so many hours of my day answering emails and answering questions and writing programs that by the time it came to make content, I was just drained. I didn't have the time anymore, the energy. So what that let me do was it let me go more on YouTube, do more on my email list. Uh, just it let me have much more free time that let me be more creative and, and just have the desire to make more content. Yeah, man, that, that process, like looking at your YouTube channel, and looking at like everything you've talked about this past already, just, you know, the thumbnail, the SEO for the title, that all takes creative energy. And this, this you know, creative energy is zapped when you're drained in doing something else. Uh, it's not like you can get it back that day. That's where meditation really crushes it, bring, allowing you to be creative, obviously sleep as well. Um, super important for allowing the creativity of the mind to really, do its job so by freeing up the time that's a win but you can see in your channel like how much process goes into um, the seo the title uh, what people are going to get in the story arc it's very impressive and so my next question is did you as you're growing your business particularly online coaching and, and even looking at i guess the almost like the tech stack and obviously the home page did you entertain the ideas of affiliate marketing um, or even just ad spend? How did that kind of process look in growth or did you always want to keep it super organic? Um, so that's a really good question. I definitely entertained the idea of, of affiliate marketing and I did do a little bit of it earlier on. The issue with it was I always felt icky doing it. There was, there was always this underlying feeling where I was like, it, it didn't feel right. And there are, there are ways to do affiliate marketing. Actually, for example, I still do it in the sense of, for example, if I buy something from Amazon, there's affiliate Amazon links where people ask, Hey, where'd you buy that? I can share a link from Amazon and I can get affiliate credit for that. And I feel totally fine with that. I felt icky from affiliate marketing from the perspective of if someone else has a product, they're like, hey, if you help me sell this, you'll get, I don't know, 50% or 40% or 60% of every sale, whatever it is. Or supplements. Hey, if you sell this supplement and they use your code, you'll get X percent. I never felt good doing that. It just, it made me feel icky and I no judgment towards people who do do that, but I didn't want to, and I didn't want to make that a huge income stream for me because it just didn't feel good. Um, so I, I never did that. I do have some ads on my YouTube videos. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't make that much. It, it pays for like my groceries, which is, you know, it's significant, but it's like to have almost 200,000 YouTube subscribers and have that pay like your groceries. Like I think people assume you get way more money for YouTube ads than you actually do. You need a massive, massive audience and tons of engagement in order to make legit, legit money from it. Um, and I, I actually don't do any ads on my podcast deliberately. I don't do that just because I hate advertisements. Like when an advertisement comes on a podcast or something, like I get mad. It's the same reason why usually if you're like people like Netflix or or Amazon or whatever without without commercials because they're just annoying. So for me, I don't do that. And essentially, I make it known that I'm not doing that. So if they wanted to support me by joining my inner circle or uh, any of that that's how they can support me rather than me sort of spamming them with all these ads. So I, I realized that if I'm doing ads or affiliate marketing of other people's products, I felt icky because inherently I'm not going to agree with everything someone else says or does. 
And I realized with affiliate marketing, it's very easy to convince yourself that you're okay with that. that like you can play these mental gymnastic games to say, well, maybe I don't support it hundred percent, but I still think it's a good product. So I'm going to, I'm going to push it and I'll make money on the back end. I think it's easier to sacrifice your ethics when you do that. So I was like, I just don't want any part in that at all, except for the Amazon affiliates, which I do because I'm actually just promoting the things that I buy. And if I don't like it, then I'm not going to promote it. Yeah. Awesome, dude. This is great. Cause I think this is an area where people still don't understand how online coaching can work for them financially. Um, but you're like perfect example of you shying away from, or not, not, sorry, not shying, but rather not be interested in that's not, doesn't fit you. Affiliate model does not fit you. Um, you know, despite you having a big following on YouTube, the, the, the ads, AdSense on YouTube alone doesn't support you. So you're, you're, the vision that you have, and it's so good to see is your online coaching problem, uh, platform, I'm assuming takes up 99% of your income, right? Which is, which is like, your, that's who you are. That's what you stand for. And it looks like you've got different ways that people can, um, you know, there's different tiers, if you will. You've got, your, you've got your online coaching as a private, and then also you've got your inner circle. And this is where I think it's really exciting for people who are looking to branch out and do something themselves for online purposes, once you learn how to put a paywall up, you can do everything from selling books to like, you know, uh, creating a coaching platform to creating an inner circle where like on your website, you've got everything from, you know, an annual meetup as part of it as well. And I, and I like, I always think there's a template, but also think there's not because each there's like a scaffold, if you will, to the understanding of tiers. But like Jordan, what you've done, man, is you, you understand your audience and you know what they want. So you've built around your different tiers specifically to what your business uh, and your clients specifically would like. Yeah, yeah, it was all trial and error, man. Like I, I tried everything. I, I did a little affiliate marketing in like early 2014, 2015. And I stopped because I didn't like it. And then I, I tried doing a lot of email marketing and I still think having an email list is super important, but I just, I don't do much email anymore because I actually, I prefer the more public facing style content um, and only reaching out to my email list like when there's something really important that they need. Uh, I remember when I first, my mom loves to tell this story, when I first started the inner circle and wanted to move away from one-on-one -on -one private coaching and I started it in 2015, I was petrified. I was absolutely petrified that I was going to, you know, it was going to be a failure, that it wasn't going to work. And uh, I, I just, I, I basically gave myself a full year. I said, all right, I'm starting this in December, 5th, December 2015 is when I launched the first edition of the Inner Circle. And um, I said, I'm going to give this one year. And if it, if it doesn't go well in a year, then I'll allow myself to stop. But I have to give it at least 12 months. And the first, the first month I got like 80 people to sign up in this like ridiculous launch. The launch was crazy. Basically... <laughs> I did not have a big audience at all at this time. I, I, it was not big at all. Uh, this was in December of 2015. I, I had a very small audience. And my my launch for the Inner Circle was, you can join for $1. I was like, it's just going to be joined for $1. And if you don't like it, I will refund your dollar. And in fact, not only will I refund your dollar, but I will pay you a dollar if you don't like it. And so I, I only got 80 people to join on that ridiculous offer one guy asked for the refund and the payment. So I paid one asshole a dollar. Um, and so I had, after that initial launch, I had 79 people. Over the next two months, uh, I lost about 40 people. So I, it dropped by about a half. So I, I only had about 40 people in the inner circle after about two months. But I, I, and I would have quit, but I said, I need to give myself a full year. 
And then after those two months, it slowly started to climb. And then it started to climb from, you know, 40 to 50 and 50 to, to 60. And so by the end of that year, I was at about 100 people. I was like, all right, you know what? This is worth it. And, and it was about 100 people. And it was about, um, it was like seventeen ninety nine a month at that point. And then over the next year, it got up to 200 people. And then, uh, and so now after two years, I had 200 people in there. And that was like 2017. And then I had a huge payment issue where I had to change payment systems. And I lost half of the people. So it went from 200 down to 100 again. And I had to rebuild it. And I did that for a number of years. And so it, it's been a crazy, crazy, long, long, long process with a lot of trial and error and issues. But it's, uh, it, I think it's just one of those things where you just keep on trying, keep on trying, keep on trying. And as long as you don't quit, it's going to work. Yeah, dude, this is, it's so good to hear all this, man. Because it just, again, back to the, why I was excited that you want is, <clears throat> yes, you're a guru in your field. Yes, you know, you, you, you know a ton about helping transformations in the fitness world. But I just was super fascinated how you continue to build your personal brand and some of the things that you didn't saw. Um, this whole subscription-based platform movement is is really exciting. Did you, like, you talk about the drop-off rate for a second. We, we do see drop-off rates in, I think, most is like two to three-month mark. But if you stick around for more than three months on a subscription platform of generally any industry, you're particularly there, man. You're particularly like you've got them for a while, you know, like that's, that's your bread and butter of your clientele. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's funny. So I actually realized, so when I first started the inner circle, it was a monthly subscription. It was like you, uh, you pay and it started, the first one obviously was that dollar. Then I bumped it to seven ninety nine, then twelve ninety nine, then seventeen ninety nine, and then at 24 99, which is where it stayed. But I realized somewhat early on within the first couple of years that when people sign up for something on a monthly basis, they're, they're sort of expecting it to happen immediately, expecting immediate results. And so at, when I first did this with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, I know I never allowed people to sign up month to month. When they signed up, I made them commit to at least a six month minimum commitment before we signed on because I wanted them to, to know this isn't going to happen in 30 days and you can't ask for a refund in 30 days if you don't like the results. This is going to take time. So one-on-one -on -one coaching, I, I understood this early on and I said, you have to have a minimum six-month commitment. I didn't think about that with a membership. I just started off with a month-to-month -month, and then I realized I should just do the same thing with my membership that I do in one-on-one -on -one coaching, but instead of a six-month commitment, make it a three-month commitment. So you can't join the inner circle month-to-month. -month. You can only join quarterly or annually. So what that means is it's $24.99 a month, but you make payments quarterly. So it's 75 bucks every three months. So basically I'm guaranteeing that they're going to be in it for at least three months. And that way for me, it's helped with retention. It's helped people set better expectations when they first join. Because I think when someone buys it, or I'm paying for this month to month, they there's something subconscious in their brain that makes them think within a month, I'm going to start seeing great results. And that's usually not the case for most people. It usually takes three, five, six months before you really start seeing results that are changing your body and your outlook and your perspective and your habits. So for me, that actually helped a lot because right off the bat, someone's joining for three months and they know it's going to take at least that amount of time. Oh, that's so smart, man. You, you, you effectively like, yeah, removed, you removed the type of client that wanted a quick fix as well. Uh, Cause you don't want that person anyway, right? You want them to Correct. be sticking around. That's another thing. On top of that, you kind of give yourself a bit more leeway. And within three months, you can see some results, particularly if 
they're following to an extent, um, you know, your, your plan pretty diligently. And so when they start to see that, that three month mark particularly is, and, and, you know, at this point they're pretty, they're in their high, like they're feeling really good. They've been doing it for three months. They're telling their friends about it and then they tell their friends about it. And then it's all of a sudden you get this referral system going and everyone's just happy. You've got to build a community. So it makes, it makes complete sense. It's a really good, you know, I guess model to think about because, you know, a lot of these times people are even brands and products are trying to think so quickly without trying to think about, well, let's just, you know, let's actually remove the customers we don't want and get it. I'd rather a hundred percent of the customers I want than a thousand of the ones I don't. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? That's exactly right. It's just uh, because they're the ones that are going to really live and breathe you once they're inside the community and they want to help promote and push what you're doing because you're giving them the results and they're doing it. So they become the ambassadors. I'm sure you felt that as well. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's nice in the group at this point because there are so many great people in there where someone asks a question and before I even see the question, someone else has already answered it perfectly. They say exactly what I would have said. And it's a great community with incredible people and they become your biggest fans and your biggest supporters. So how long did it take you to realize you were no longer a fitness guru, but actually a businessman for online platform? Like how long did it take you to kind of have that moment? Have you had that moment yet? Honestly, no. Like when people ask, like, I, I just, I'm a personal trainer, right? Like that's all, that's, that's what I do. I think um, I've spent a lot of time studying business. I've spent a lot of time studying sales copy, SEO, email marketing. Like I've spent a lot of time studying this stuff because I'm interested in it. And I knew that it was needed for me to get to where I wanted to be. Um, but I don't really consider like, that's not what I, that's not how I identify, right? Like if we're going to use like, that's, I, I don't identify as a businessman. I'm just a personal trainer. And, um, I, I think it's, it sort of goes into if, if I was, if I was like a businessman, I think I would have more of the mindset of, you know, let's open more businesses. Let's hire more people. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's build, 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 build. And I'm really just like, I'm happy where I am. Um, I'm very lucky and blessed to have such a great business. But when it all boils down to it, if I was to lose everything and start all over again, like I'd be totally fine going on the gym floor and coaching people, you know? So I, I think that's just, that's that my mindset is I'm just a personal trainer. Yeah, dude, that's, I mean, I, I think that's a great mindset to have, right? Cause you know, like, I mean that because that's, that's who you are. And the more you, the more your brand would grow, that's, to you what you're constantly doing every single day and you're not losing sight of it and and i i believe that's a, a probably a reason for your growth is you at the end of the day still act and do the fundamentals of the business you started no matter how big you are no matter how many clients you have you're still doing fundamental service and providing the resources of what you actually are which is a pt which is uh which is pretty incredible man it's pretty incredible and then um, my, my like I I've, you actually talked about it, but I did want to touch on email marketing. So do you do you find it works, but just not as efficient as some of the other organic content, and so you don't focus on it as much? Is that is that kind of what you were kind of leaning towards? So it really it depends what we mean by works, right? So I think email. I mean, in terms of sales, like email marketing is probably the best. Like it's probably like you get way. I think in ter if, if we're purely talking sales in terms of actual income based on the number of people seeing your work, like an email versus an Instagram post, 
there is zero question that email is better. Like you, you will make more money from the same amount of people seeing that post from email than you will from an Instagram post. So email works better than social media for that purpose. But so, and this is actually where, cause I got sucked into email marketing in 2014, 15, 16, 17. I was big on email marketing. I, I loved it. I was passionate about it. I sent emails every single day. Uh, I loved it. But, and so in the email marketing world, they oftentimes hate on social media and they say social media is useless. You don't need it. Da, 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 da. But when I started coaching Gary, I was like, you know what? Like Gary's the king of social media. So I'm going to like, I'm going to try and learn from him and I'm trying to try and build my social media. And that's what I did. And I realized that, you know, shocker, both work better than either alone. And if you have a very strong social media presence and a strong brand on social media, you will actually do better on email than if you just were on email. And so that's where I realized, you know, I'd, I'd rather have both than either alone. And, and what I realized is I have more fun with the social media side than I do the email side. Um, with email, for example, you write an email. It's not, it's not public facing. Email is just the only people who see it are the people on your email list, unless, you know, maybe they forward it to their friends. But how likely are they to actually read a whole long email, especially from someone they don't know? Social media, I can make a post and I can get thousands of people sharing it and know that the people they're sharing it with are going to watch it. They're going to watch it and then they'll share it and they'll share it. And so you get, um, I think the most powerful button in all of social media is retweet. It's the most powerful button by far. I don't think Twitter is the best platform, but it's the most powerful button. A close second to that is the share button on Facebook. Uh, and then now on, on Instagram, you can share stories and you can share posts as well, which are also very, very powerful. Um, but I think having both is better than either alone. And I've noticed that my email consistently outperforms what it did previously just based on me having a better brand on social media. So, you know, I, I think so much of it, people say email every day, email more frequently. Well, what if you could email less frequently and just post a little bit more frequently on social media for more people? You get the exact same effect. The people are going to see you just as often. They're going to like your content. And then when you do send an email, well, now it's really special. Now they're really excited about it. So I've found that, that they both work better than either alone. In terms of pure sales, email will always do better. But email will do better if you also have a great brand on social media. Huge. <laughs> Massive. And do you coordinate those using a third party, not person, but like a, a scheduled app, if you will? Like do you have a schedule? No, you just do it I never do that. That shit is, is the worst. The algorithms don't like it. Yep. They will deliberately down uh, push it down in the algorithm so mm -hmm. less people see it. Um, if I post the same thing on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, I'm organically posting that content on each platform. I'm not using an app that pushes it to everyone. I go on every single one individually. I take the extra five and a half minutes to do it because it makes a big difference. And so yes, dude, like looking at even over the years and watching your Instagram just through, I did a lot, I, did, I went through a black hole, not gonna lie, I went real back. But like you look at all your <laughs> reels now and you're obviously you're doing the real train, which is exactly what you know we're all doing. And um, you know we know that Instagram is really pushing. Like you get really good engagement and like the opening lines are always these classic, like not classic, sorry, really engaging questions. And like, oh, cool. I'm definitely going to watch this. You know, it's like, did you come? It's like writing a headline for an email, right? Yeah, it's like, dude. It's, it's, it's just writing a subject line for an email. That's all it is. And that's, that's how I got started with sales copy. You know, I've got 
I was going through my book today. I've got Dan Kennedy's Ultimate Sales Letter, like right at the top of my 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 bookshelf. I I've read the Boron Letters. You know, I, I've I studied sales copy for years, and and you know, I know the whole formula: A I D A, attention, interest, desire, action. I know all of it, and you know, it's it. Someone once taught me. My buddy Pat Flynn taught me this. He, people always ask in terms of email marketing, well, how do you get people to read your email? Well, the best way to get people to read your email is to write good emails. You write good emails, you're gonna, they're going to want to read them over and over and over again. So it's sort of the same thing with content. How are you going to get people to watch your content? Well, make good content. You make good content, they're going to watch it and read it and, and over and over and over again. But once you get past the good content, you have to get their attention somehow. And the attention comes from the first, the, either with an article or an email, the, the headline of it, or in an Instagram post, what they hear or see within the first three seconds. So you've got to do something that's going to, all right, well, I need to watch this. Dude. <laughs> all right, just on that, who's your, uh, who's your like go-to sales copy? What was the, what was the things that people should definitely uh, read themselves? Uh, the ultimate sales letter is like the, the Bible of sales copy in my book. Anytime I would write sales emails, I would have that open right next to me as I was writing the sales email. Um, it's just, it's the best. And the best thing about it is it's not telling you to write or, or do anything in a certain style. It's just telling you the principles of sales copy. And so you can take that and, you know, I try and be funny and humorous. So I bring that to the table, but if you're not a funny or humorous person, you're more dry. You don't have it. You can still write super, super, super good sales copy with that. It's just, it allows you to know the principles of it in the same way that, you know, the principles of strength training principles of, of nutrition, the principles of good sales copy, regardless of, of, um, what your own personality is. Uh, so that one, the, the ultimate sales letter, I think is the Bible of it. Uh, the Boron Letters by Gary Halbert might be the single best book I've ever read in my entire life. Um, you, you know who Gary Halbert is? I do, mate, I do. Yeah, he's he's just like one of my all-time favorites. The Boron Letters, so Gary Halbert actually went to jail. Um, long story, I'm not gonna go into the story about that. It was It had to do with sales and stuff and uh, but one of the, arguably one of the greatest copywriters of all time, like one of the greatest copywriters of all time. And he went to prison uh, for a short time. He didn't do anything super, super bad, but he, um, <laughs> from prison, he wrote letters to his youngest son, Bond. And he wrote letters sort of explaining how to, how to sell. And it's one of the singularly most educational and entertaining books I've ever read in my entire life. And reading that book shaped my writing style dramatic like seeing the simplicity of his writing how clear as day it was it, it, it's really beautiful writing and not because he uses big words or any of that it's just so plain so basic so easy to read it's it's beautiful in every way and so that book i think those two if you're going to read any start with those man that's huge bro that's absolutely massive like even the, the, some of the stuff that you put up is like, I think you've got the perfect way of being humorous, but still getting like an amazing point across my reference to, oh, let, me, let me find it. Hang on a second. I was looking at it about three days ago. There's a, there's one of you, where you got a before and after shot where you're using an eggplant that's small and large. Uh, <laughs> and it's just great, man. I think it's just like that. You include that in your copy and it's just hilarious, dude. But at the same time, I'm now remembering the concept of what that topic was about, but that's you, right? It's so you and you're, you're, 
you're invoking your personality into your storytelling and your learnings for other people to learn from, which ultimately that's how they remember, that's how they come back to, and that's uh, it's another form of, I guess, marketing and SEO. So you got it, yeah. you got it, you got it down pat, bro. It's funny. I was talking about this earlier because uh, I use, you know, I use wigs and I do accents yeah. all the time and all yeah. that. And I think people who don't know me, I think they off they assume that I'm only doing that for for views or for engagement. And obviously that's part of it. But what's funny is like, that's me. I'm constantly talking in different voices and doing different characters. I've done this since I was a kid. And, and my, I, I want to bring my mom on my podcast to talk about it because she laughs all the time. Like she'll sometimes see my content and she'll be like, oh yeah, that's so Jordan. Where it's just like, I've done that since I was like a toddler, just doing different voices and accents and characters. I, I was in musicals and plays growing up. Like I love doing that stuff. So it's, it's just who I am. And so I bring that to my content. It's not, not me trying to do it for anything, any, for any validation or anything other than that, other than I just, I like to do that stuff. So I, I bring it to my content. That's awesome, man. It's so cool. And I guess the, without question, the most com, the most downloaded podcast you'll get would be definitely with your mom. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> she can also untap all the all the things we don't know about you and all the, you know, the growing up stories for sure. I've <laughs> got why, why you have the personality you have. <laughs> um, mate, we're coming to the end of the podcast, but uh, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what Jordan has for the future, mate. What, what's the, what's coming up? What, what can we get excited about? Or is it just other than you having a beautiful child, mate? What's that? What's going on? Yeah, that's it. My my wife is pregnant. We're super excited about about the birth of our kid, and um, got a lot of travel coming up. You know, now that COVID seems to be winding down, thank God. You, you know, I'm traveling to the UK a little bit. I've got I'm going to Austin next weekend. Going to go to Israel. Going to go uh, going to go all over. Just doing a lot of speaking, and I'm excited about that. But most importantly, just excited to bring my my kid into the world. Yeah, love it, bro. And where's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Is it site fitness? Is it what is it now? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you just you know Google my name, Jordan Syatt. I'm on Instagram. I have my own podcast. You know, YouTube. And I'm not really that active on YouTube right now. But Instagram or my own podcast are the best ways to to find me. That's awesome, dude. Well, man, um, we're excited for the birth of child on behalf of the Epic Table community. We're really excited for you. Uh, and thanks for making time today. I was excited not to get you on to talk about fitness, but specifically about personal brand growth, how you've done it and what people can learn from it. So thank you for sharing all your words of wisdom today, man. And, um, you know, looking forward to getting more people over to your inner circle. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This was great. Appreciate it. Dude.